Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Mod. And welcome back to Masters of Modern, the podcast. All right, that's enough of that. Uh, welcome back to Masters of Modern. I am your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host, Ben Bateman, who won't be here until a little bit later after the commercial break. Uh, he uh, had to leave early, so we recorded this before. We recorded the episode before he left, and now I'm recording this after. Um, but it's a great episode. We're doing the uh, top 10 cards in Modern Masters 2017. This set is insane. We didn't, you know, we missed Goblin Guide when we did our list, partly because the art isn't as great. But then we go over the other cards that are really important on the set. We go over some of the big misses in the set. It was a really great episode. You guys will be listening to it very soon. Uh, but first, we're going to get into the news. And before the news, we're going to talk a little bit where you can follow us. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes. Uh, make sure to follow us, the at M the sorry at the mm cast on twitter i am at kess wiley ben is at ben bateman media we are on the website collected.company uh where you can also find the command zone who does awesome content there check them out uh jimmy and josh do great commander content it's really important if you like commander if you don't like commander it's a great way to get into the format uh they also do other cool video content um like game nights and they do video content with the professor and they're just up to all this cool stuff and we're on that website as well so that's collected.company uh, and that's kind of the major shout-outs. Uh, Patreon. Oh, Patreon. Make sure to donate to Patreon uh, if you want to support the cast. We really appreciate it. All this stuff is takes a lot of work, a lot of effort. Uh, make it a priority. Make sure we come out with episodes once a week, or we try to. Um, and the Patreon makes that help helps make that happen, and we do great stuff with it, like buy equipment and uh, get Ben to go to the GP that's coming up uh, where he's going to do a team unified modern uh, and get to play with some people that donate to the Patreon or uh, write reviews on iTunes. So if you're going to be there, make sure to do one of those um, to get in the contest. We'll explain the details at the end of the episode. Um, but yeah, on to magic news. Uh, first off, there wasn't really any big modern tournaments last weekend, but there was, you know, the big mocks. Mocks happened. The Magic Gathering Online Championship. Uh, and... It was Mardu Vehicles times two and uh, Four Color Sealy times two. They're really making an effort to make standard uh, different. But uh, Josh Arlin won the thing against Lucas Blohan, uh, Ryosuke Yurasi, and Marchio Carvalho. I definitely butchered some of those names, and I apologize to those players. But make sure to check that out. Uh, check out the standings there. Those decks are sweet. It is standard. Um, I have been playing a sweet uh, Cheerios deck in standard that is one of the more fun things. So standard is really fun right now, even though maybe the top tables are a little lack of diversity. And if you want diversity, come to modern. That's the point. So, uh, and then beyond that, the really big announcement was today is that moving forward uh, after a specific event, and I'm not sure which one, but Channel Fireball will be running all GPs worldwide uh, in conjunction with the team that was running all of Wizards Pro Tour events and doing all their special events like PAX. Um, this is a pretty decisive uh, decision. Uh, people online generally are accusing it of being a monopoly, even though it's technically not. And it, I don't think it will in actuality be that way. I think from a wizard's perspective, GPs need to become more consistent. Um, they had probably two real choices. There was Channel Fireball or Star City Games. Star City has their own circuit and is not going to be as kind of reliant on GPs being a big part of that. Wiz Channel Fireball already works really closely with Wizards. And I think in the long run, this will lead to a higher quality version of, of formats because now on Reddit, if a person posts, hey, this GP is going badly, face-to-face uh, -face games is doing a bad job here, then we have to go after them. Uh, this other person is doing a bad job, we have to go after them. Now it's Channel Fireball did a bad job. All GPs can be changed this way. It also means that they can invest in equipment um, at greater levels that it can be consistently across all formats. And Channel Fireball has a very good 
coverage team and production team. So all that's probably going to be a benefit for GPs moving forward. Um, I also think with this happening in Channel Fireball, probably moving towards more standard content as Wizards does, this gives a lot of onus on Star City Games to maybe up their modern game, uh, which is great for us because someone at least will be focusing on it and it does give a kind of a differentiating line. Um, otherwise, you know, I do understand the problem now if only one person is doing it, how do we make it better? But we're all playing Magic the Gathering. It's all covering from Wizards Coast in the first place. And technically, it's not, you know, you can play World of Warcraft or you can play, you know, they're not World of Warcraft. That doesn't exist anymore. Yu-Gi-Oh! or Hearthstone. There are other card games out there. Um, but Magic is obviously the best one, which is why this is a Magic podcast. So, yeah, I think it's great. I think it'll be, it'll, you know, time will tell and I might be wrong, but I think the quality of production both of these companies have given us has been really high. Um, beyond that, uh, that's, yeah, that's it kind of for the news. So, uh, you know, after this commercial break, we'll get into the main, uh, bulk of this episode. Thanks guys. Oh, but anchor is, Hey guys, uh, before we get into our top cards reprinted in modern masters 2017, we want to remind you that we are brought to you today by anchor our sponsor on the episode today, which is a brand new app. It's kind of like Twitter meets radio, and uh, I have a brand new show on Anchor called 10 Minutes of Magic. I'm going to be just sharing my opinions and thoughts for about 10 minutes a day, doing uh, all kinds of little, like different parts of magic, not just modern, and uh, interviewing players and all kinds of things. So go find Anchor. It's a great new app. You can download it in the App Store. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, at Ben Bateman Media, you'll see I'm, I'm sharing links. And uh, we just had Kessler on the cast. His three things that make magic the best game ever, he just did an episode with us last night. So... Real short-form stuff, but it's just a fun way to interact. If you call in, I can share your thoughts and, and put them on my station, et cetera, et cetera. So Anchor's awesome, and uh, we're going to get into our top cards in Modern Masters 2017. All right, so number 10. This uh, lets you play spells and make them not countered, but it's really only creature spells. This is Cavern of Souls. Start strong. The fact that Cavern of Souls is number 10 is just outrageous. Like, this set is so good. Uh, yeah, I can't, like... This is a deserved reprint. I thought this actually was a card that probably could be reprinted in standard. I don't think this is a card that really, from a power level perspective, would make standard that terrible. Um, right. But I, I get where like it's now been time and they needed to kind of get it out there. Yeah, I mean, it's really tough because um, they don't really make... They don't make tribal and standard that pushed. Um, I mean, they have they have made tribal and standard pushed. I should rephrase that. Goblins has been really good in standard at times. And, you know, so there's a lot of things, but... But the real thing is that um, it's that counter magic is not that good in standard. That's the reason Cavern of Souls right. is not that big. It's like not that important. Totally. So, um, but yeah, it is. Uh, it is a sweet card. Yeah. And, and I'm glad. How expensive was it? Sixty, sixty-five bucks before the reprint. More? Uh, I don't. I mean, like that's going to be something that I'm not going to be perfect on. I, I would guess it was close to fifty to sixty bucks. Yeah. Crazy. All right, number nine. This one uh, is probably one of the best removal spells in the format. It kills anything for cover mass three or less. That's abrupt decay. Yeah, decay's great. Um, do you remember when, it, when decay was originally previewed and everybody's like, "Oh my god, it's the best removal spell ever! It's it's gonna be so good!" And it got pre-ordered at like twenty four dollars, and it sold yeah. out. It sold out at eight bucks. I remember on Star City as a pre-order, and that was like twenty four. And then everybody's like, "Well." <laughs> Uh, it's it's good in standard, but it's not it's not that good in standard. <laughs> like it's really a much more important modern card, and it slow, the price slowly went down, and then slowly but surely over time the price slowly went back up. And I think at the point before it got reprinted here, it was in the in the mid twenties. Yeah. So next on the list, um, this is this is going to be a not the best creature ever printed, uh, green creature, but it is probably the biggest green creature that sees play, and that is Crater Hoof Behemoth. 
Crater Hoof Behemoth. You think that's top ten, huh? It, it's really a necessary reprint. It was getting really expensive. It's a mythic from Avacyn Restored, which is a heavily underopened set. I don't know where else they're going to re- be able to really reprint this easily. And it's very important for multiple decks like Elves um, and other decks that are trying to steal, you know, cheap big things in the play. Yeah, Crater Hoof's just not really my kind of card. Um, not because I don't understand its power level. It's incredibly powerful. And in big mana decks with lots of... Uh, little dudes it's really important but uh, it's just not a card that i would have necessarily looked at and felt like was you know a huge boon for the reprint but i mean it's big and splashy and it was a mythic from a set that's how old is avison restored now that's 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 where this that's where this reprint ends right avison restored is the last set uh no uh return of ravnica no that's before oh no 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 Avis, uh, return of ravnica is after you're right yeah avison's the set before yeah. scars innistrad yeah, yeah, rtr yeah, yeah. yeah. the so, future beyond that future that's not in this set all right Next, which which number are we on? I think that was number eight. Yes, so seven. Yeah. Okay, number seven, Inquisition of Kozilek, our preview card. Yeah, it's one of our two preview cards. Yeah. This was, you know, it's funny that they put Inquisition as a rare in Conspiracy. It's it when you think about that, it's such an odd reprint. It's also such an odd rarity shift reprint. Um, I don't really like I. Does it feel like it was necessary to have it in that set now? Or do you feel like they could have just... In Conspiracy? I feel like, I feel they, like they, they put waited. it in there because they were rushing. And they needed to get it out there. And they needed a way to do it. But the problem with Conspiracy is that Inquisition of Kozilek doesn't make sense in that set. No. A, a targeted discard for three or less mana in a set that is pretty much only ever going to be drafted for multiplayer play is like actively bad. I mean, it's not actively bad. Cause like, no, it's actively bad. Is it? Like you're allowed to play with like five drops, no pro. Like, yeah, I don't. I like I don't think you would play it. Interesting. Yeah, I, I just remember the reprint with that card, thinking like it was a, such a strange decision to reprint it uh, in that set, especially to rare shift it. It just it didn't make a lot of sense. And I I agree with you. It was it was uh, it, it felt rushed. It definitely felt rushed. But I am happy to see it in this set, and I'm especially oh, yeah. happy that to see it in this set reprinted at uncommon. You know, I mean, granted, at seven dollar MSRP on a pack makes an uncommon not exactly inexpensive in the way that you're used to uncommons being inexpensive. Well, but so that's something that was really important with Ma- Modern Masters One and was really lacking in Modern Masters Two was kind of a depth at uncommon and common. Like that's why Path is important also in this set. It's not on our top ten because it was reprinted before, but in a, in a previous Modern Masters set. But these valuable uncommons are really what make opening these packs worth it, partly because of the guaranteed foil. Now, chances of getting a foil Inquisition or Kozilek are that much higher, which really adds value to every one of these sets. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree completely. All right. Next, number six. Yes. Voice of Resurgence. Yeah, it's Green, white for a 2-2. Two, two. Whenever an opponent casts a spell during your turn, one Voice of Resurgence dies, create a green and white elemental creature token with this creature's power and toughness are each equal to the number of creatures you control. This is another scar. Like, this is the only mythic worth anything from Dragon's Maze. Yeah. And really yeah. the only card from that set worth anything. Other than the, the Shocklands. Which were in like land slots at a weird, you know, yeah. like X rarity. Like the, the, the thing with this card is that set was once again heavily under opened. It was from that era where like the third set was kind of weird. The draft environment was fun, but a lot of people didn't like it. So there was like definitely issues. And so Voice of Resurgence ended up just being this weird ballooned card that getting a reprint is really important. And it's sees playing Hate Bears decks, it sees play in every collected company deck and or birthing pod deck pretty much since that deck existed. Yeah, it's a really good card. I mean, it's uh, it's a super, super valuable card within its strategy. It's a very unique card. It's also, you know, it's so interesting to try to come up with exactly how to contextualize this, but 
it's really, really, really important that when Wizards pushes the value of creatures, right? That when Wizards has decided that they're going to try to make green creatures good, like they want you to be able to, they want you to be able to, to really play creatures and feel happy about it, and not and not feel like you need to play this tempo-y, sort of blue counterspell-y kind of game. That when they do it, they don't make the creatures all Thrag Tusks. You know what I mean? Like there's a thing there's a thing about playing a card like Thrag Tusk where, yes, the rate on Thrag Tusk or the rate on some you know like five fives for four. Things like that. Those are very, very good cards. No one's going to argue that those are really powerful. But for my money, the way that I like to play Magic, I like to have efficient cards that I can play. Cards that make oh, me yeah. feel smart for playing creatures in the two-drop slot, you know? And this is a really, really, really powerful Grizzly Bear. I right. mean, it's an insanely powerful Grizzly Bear that if your opponent is like that control player that's just got all the tricks and all the counter spells and all the removal, and they're always playing stuff at the end of your turn, this card makes it really hard for them to outvalue you. Totally, and it's a very it's a very fun card to play in that way. It makes you feel you know, smart for playing creatures. And on that point, like I mean, and that's kind of why I think green gets a bad rap because, like, yes, Tarmogoyf is a beater, and Crater of Behemoth is an overrun. But like, Scavenging Hoos is a really interesting new kind of card. Thrag Tusk has Life Link attached to it, um, and and like, there's you know a Llanowar Elf in the in the form of Avacyn's Pilgrim. Like, there's different ways that green can be really powerful, even in this set. And when you add that to the greater whole, there's a ton of cool ways that you know those colors can kind of do stuff. Um, next, number five, destroy all creatures. They can't be regenerated. But it's in black, damnation. But it's in black. Now what we, in damnation? We talked. It's like a meme <laughs> that's out there. We talked a lot about this before, <laughs> but this is a card that had been, people were fiending for the reprint on this card for years. They even wrote articles that said, like, it took us long enough, or it's about time, or something like that. Just because, t- tell the story again, Cass, like, what set was this supposed to be so, in? So, okay, so it was... Gavin Verhey was working on Annihilation, and it was in from the Vault Annihilation for a long time, but then they dis- they put it into the M15 skeleton, and that and actually Liliana the Veil were both in that set originally for a really long time, and so they're like, okay, we won't put it in Annihilation, and Gavin Verhey wrote in his big article going over every single card being like, you know, if there's a card you, see, you think you should see here that's not here, remember that we're probably going to print it this year. You know, we're, it's going to be printed soon. Don't worry about it. And then Theros Block happened. And right. then pretty much standard was Mono Black Devotion to Mono Blue Devotion. That's it. And putting a mono black control card staple into the format where the deck didn't really need the help was something they were unwilling to kind of try out and so they cut Liliana the Veil and Damnation from M15 that's why the five mana Liliana is in that set and why it has no new art because at that point it was too late to get new art they had to just slide in a card real quick uh, to replace it that was probably safe and so that's why neither of those were in the set and um, Damnation wasn't in that set wasn't in Modern Masters 2 because it was already too late for that as well and they're just like oh man where are we going to put this and this is kind of the first chance they've had to kind of get it out there is Mono Blue Devotion and Standard the least powerful Pro Tour winning deck ever? no that deck was powerful that deck was Masters of Ways is an insane card well yeah agreed it's, I'm not saying the deck was bad it's just like I seem to remember within a week or 10 days of that Pro Tour people were already like yeah, it was just a it was just a good metagame call. No, I think I think you're wrong on that. That mono blue devotion, mono black devotion, red green monsters were the only decks in that format. And red green monsters really wasn't. It was mono blue versus mono black. Mono black was like it was like sixty percent mono black, twenty percent mono blue, and then twenty really? percent other decks. I remember it a little differently, but you know, if anybody listening to the podcast remembers, if you want to correct me, that's fine. I just like I seem to remember thinking like, oh, that's a really cool deck. I mean, like, I mean, it's like a bunch of cards that just seem okay, and then like I felt like it really fell off and people weren't playing it anymore. But maybe I was wrong about that. So. 
Anyway, that was number five was uh, Damnation. Yep. Uh, number four, and she's great. She's uh, she's three mana. She's uh, a planeswalker. She comes in and kind of owns the game because she is the best planeswalker in modern, Liliana the Veil. Yeah, I mean, what's what more does the Masters of Modern podcast need to say about like the cards in the top of this list? Because how many times have we talked about Liliana the Veil? It's, it's on the short list of cards we've talked about the very most. But it is nice to see. It's nice to see at the reprint slot. I mean, I can't wait to open the set and play limited and, and be able to open a Liliana of the Veil in my limited, like in my limited environment again. Uh, we had it so good back in Innistrad, and we didn't even know it. We didn't even know that we could open cards. Well, that I mean, Liliana the Veil was ninety bucks. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I week, guess. week like month one because it was right off of the back of Jace. It saw that solar flare deck play. People didn't realize the difference between a small set and a large set. Um, you know, Innistrad was a much more popular set than World Awake. The Magic population was larger. There's a lot of reasons why it ended up being less expensive. Um, but yeah, no, definitely, definitely an insane card. Yeah, busted. Number four. Number four. Cost one red. Add two colors to that red. Makes all lands. <laughs> Mountains. <laughs> uh, and it's not, I hate it. It's not a mana spell, like Kessler just suggested. The way that he said that, it's just Blood Moon is what he's talking about. Yeah. yeah. Actually, what, what, wait, what? We cost one red. Add two to that red. I was like, is right of flame in the set? Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's like two and a red. Blood Moon. Yeah, Blood Moon. Ban uh, it. <laughs> it looks like they ain't banned. My hopeful. Soon. So, like in every Modern Masters set, there's been one card that's banned. Yeah. That is in the set, like very soon afterwards. So if you look at something like, um. Splinter Twin. Yep. You look at something like um, Eye of Ugin. Sure. Like, these sets always have, like, a card that gets banned pretty quickly afterwards. Um, I'm hoping Blood Moon's that card here. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Hoping Blood Moon's that card. I think it's the only card that's even on the list that I would say is likely. <laughs> I might be wrong. I don't think Fetchlands are being banned anytime soon. All right. That's number That's number three. Any, any more on that? No. I'm good. Okay. Uh, number two. Best creature ever printed, maybe, if you think it's a creature. Has Flash, one blue, one colorless, two, one. All sp Spelling Graveyard gets flashback. Mr. Snapcaster, Mage, Tiago Chan, no longer. Now weird, boring wizard dude, but whatever. So rank the three arts for me. Uh, I will say I like the soccer player art from the RPTQ promo the most, followed by the Tiago Chan, followed by this. Now, I will say this, though. I don't really agree with the ditching the invitational players on their invitational card art method that Wizard has. So the first time they print it, it has the invitational face on it, but then they, like, get rid of it. I, like, guess there's probably some legal reason that they have to, if they're going to keep using the person's face, they have to pay them some type of royalty in some, some way. Probably, but, like, yeah. I'm going to go with I would rather Tiago Champion on this card. I like the soccer player art the best. I would like Tiago Chan to be on the card the most. I mean, yeah. I mean, this art's fine. It's just, it's not like it's it, the art itself is really good. Like I am, I can imagine being in a convention and seeing this like print laid out on the table, and being like, "That is sick." That's it's really very cool. pretty, but it's very generically pretty. And for Snapcaster Mage, which is this big iconic card, it's just kind of like this could literally be any blue wizard ever printed. There's nothing Snapcastery about it to me. You know, right under it on Mythic Spoiler, there's a uh, draw new Lick Lord. Um, the blue black five drop from Time Spiral. The art on that card is sweet. I forgot about how cool looking that card is. <laughs> uh, non sequitur. All right. <laughs> number one. The number one card. Yeah. Number one single card. There's only one. 
And by that, I mean there are five. Yes. <laughs> it's the Fetchlands. We're talking about Misty Rainforest, Scalding Tarn, Arid Mesa, Verdant Catacombs, and Marsh Flats. Obviously really important. These have been needed to reprint soon. I think Wizards realize that Fetchlands and Standard might also be an issue. So they're kind of just giving up on that, and they're giving us some Modern Masters. Yeah, I mean, it's... Look, let's all be honest about this set. <laughs> if you take the Fetchlands out of it, it's basically a normal Modern Masters set, is what it feels like. If you no, I don't know if I agree with that, but sure, continue. If you take the Fetchlands out of it, it feels like a really, really good set. Like, it feels like a set that they could print, and I would be like... Yeah, it's about adequately powered. Um, I, but after we're done talking about Fetchlands, I'm going to read a bunch of cards that we didn't include on our top list, li- ten, 10 list that are either insane or great. Oh, you think that even if you took the Fetchlands out, it would still be insane? Yeah. I, like the I set feel is like the fact that so. you have... Yeah, but I, th- I think take five Fetchland slots out of the rare slot and replace those with, like, you know, the, your, the level of cards like Seance and, and like the stuff that would normally end up peppering a set in I think a lot if of you take slots. them out, this set would be better than Modern Masters 2, but I agree that it wouldn't be as good, but that's not a fair... Like, no, of course what, it won't be as good. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm I saying, think it's better than Modern Masters 2. I'm saying 2 these way. are the five... This is the most exciting and, and insane thing in this set is the fact that these are, there's five of these and they're in the rare slots. Like, they don't usually burn rare slots in these sets on lands. They did it in the first one with the... They did it in the first one with the filter lands, but those aren't iconic lands in the same way. They don't filter lands weren't in the first set. Yeah, they were reprinted in Modern Masters One. No, you're sure? Yeah, you're positive. I'm like twice as positive as I was when I said it. Really? Yeah, I'm more confident as every moment continues. Was there like a, I think I've made this mistake before? What what was the what was the rare duel from the first one? There was no rare duels in the first one. There was five uh, uh, vivid lands. Really? Yeah. Okay, you just prove me wrong on talking, and I'll see if I can find one. All right, let me, let me list you all of the sick cards that are in this set that aren't fetch lands. Well, okay, but if, so let's just say there real quick before you do that. If, if, in fact, they didn't print the filter lands, my point's even more correct, which is that they don't burn rare slots on important lands in these sets because it takes too many slots up. And they did it, and they didn't even shift them to Mythic. Like, they could have shifted these no, to if, Mythic. If shifting to the Mythic would be ridiculous because then there's only 10 Mythics in this set, and then there's just these lands. I think they did the right thing, but... This set is insane. Like Basilisk Caller, Graph Digger's Cage. I'm obviously starting at the artifacts. Um, Boros Reckoner, uh, which is a little looser. Abrupt Decay we mentioned. Um, Sin Collector was up there. Let's sorry, gold's boring. Get to the good cards, Kessler. Sphinx's Revelation, Olivia Vardaren, Zur the Enchanter. We're in commons. Mystical teachings. <laughs> uh, da, 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 da. Of course, this is in the reverse order to make this sound impressive. Path to Exile, Lingering Souls, <laughs> <laughs> Serum Visions, Might of Old Croza. There we go. Thank you, Uncommons. Um, Flicker Wisp, Intangible yes. Virtue, Venser Shaper Savant, Blade Spicer, Goblin Guide. Uh, Death Shadow. Yeah, guides on the list. We didn't put that one in there. Oh, yeah. We missed God. Totally. <laughs> it's because the art is bad. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, Pyromancer's Ascension. Dead Eye Navigator. Gifts Ungiven. Uh, Restoration Angel. Thrag Tusk. Zealous Conscript. Blood Moon. Scavenging Ooze. Terminus. Cyclonic Rift. Uh, Linvala. Keeper of Secrets. Pass in Flames. Bu- uh, Crater of Behemoth. Um, Tarmogoyf wasn't even in our top ten. It's true. I feel like you just did a really clumsy way of just reading most of the list right now, and like a lot of the cards you read were like unnecessary to read. I, you read skip mi- some. You read mystical teachings as a slam dunk. <laughs> At common, it's a sick. It was like a three dollar common. 
Was it really? Yeah, now it's a not $3 common. Should we talk about, I tweeted to our fans about the biggest misses. Yo, so what, what are your biggest misses without us going onto this list? Let's see, biggest misses. Give me uh, your like three top biggest misses. I would say probably my biggest miss of the set, well, Noble Hierarch's a big miss. Um, for me, sure. and, I, and I understand that they—that's been a former reprint, and you can't put every money card in the entire modern set. Chaz wrote that thing about how by the third time they've reprinted cards, now they've basically printed the full cycle. So they've basically printed every money card that modern has ever had that was in circulation that needed to be reprinted over three sets. So if they—if the theory is that every three years they're going to replenish by doing a yeah, like the same I, thing. I'm almost more interested in what are the th- your biggest misses that haven't been reprinted at all. Or That's do you have a big miss? Because I know mine. My big one is probably uh, Scape Shift. Yeah, I would say that's that like that's like a format defining deck that kind of hasn't gone anywhere. And then maybe after that would be Archangel of Thune. Horizon Canopy. Horizon Canopy wasn't printed in a Modern Master set. It was printed as a Expedition. I do think that whole cycle of lands, the Grove of the Burn Willows, are definitely in need of Modern Masters reprints. Lands are hard now that they've kind of opened the floodgates. There's all these lands yeah. I'd like to see reprinted. Yeah, um, and Staring Bridge. Yeah, and Staring Bridge, Crucible of Worlds. Yeah, those are big um, ones. Mishra's Bobble. It's a Mishra's Bobble is a huge one. one. That's just like so ridiculous now. That it's the, mo- it's the most expensive non-rare, in non-mythic in, in the format. No. It's Mana Drain is a $37. <laughs> yeah. And it's Mishra's Bobble. Yep. I, I think I have... I have four of them. I, I don't think I have them anymore, but I remember going home because I bought a box of Colts now when it came out and going through my mom's basement and finding five of these a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. Like, just all in, like, a box of crap. Um, yeah, I think probably for me, like, the, some of the ones that jump out that, that didn't get reprinted, you know, Hierarch's a really big one. Um, Bridge is a really big one. Um, one thing that was really surprising to me was Ancestral Visions wasn't printed at Mythic, and Temporal Mastery was. Yeah. I don't, like, I, I also don't agree. Like, there are some big, like, disagreements I have with the list, and that's, you know, Art Entreat the Angels, Temporal Mastery, and Bonfire of the Damned all feel a little wonky to me to be re- reprinted here. Yes, there's not a lot of places you can reprint miracles, so maybe that's kind of what they're trying to do here. But Bonfire of the Dam is bad for limited. Definitely. Like it, it's well, not a, I mean, it, it's a great moment, but like it's really swingy with bad feel-bads. Temporal Mastery should have blatantly just been in Special Visions at Mythic. Like, right. period, no problem with it. Temporal Mastery could have been a rare. I wouldn't mind that being shifted down. I don't think that card is that problematic at rare. And Entreat the Angels was just reprinted in the the like relatively inexpensive from the Vault Angels set like a year and a half ago. Yeah, so, kind I, of when they made this set, they're like, "Oh, we just printed Entreat the Angels. Let's do it again." Right. And like Miracles, a deck in Legacy that should have a card banned out of it is the only deck I know of that plays this card in all of Magic. It's not even good in Commander. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it to you. I, I think I think those are pretty strong answers. I'm going to read some of the... Oh, Ranger of Eos in the set with new art as well? Yeah. yeah. They missed Oracle of Moldiah. That's a good one. Aven Mind Sensor hasn't gotten a reprint. Yeah, Aven Mind Sensor hasn't been reprinted. That's kind of a travesty. Actually, and that card would, be, would have been great in this set. Yeah. The yeah. fact that people would just be playing with fetch lands and like that guy would be like, oh yeah, I got a fetch land. What did you get? And then like crack it in draft and you'll be like, yeah. Aven Mind Sensor, you're wrecked. Yeah. <laughs> Get seriously. wrecked. But no, um, that's not going to happen. So I might sneak some Ava Mind sensors into my packs. I'm going to throw. Drafting. I'm going to throw some of our fans' uh, answers to the question of the biggest. Yeah, misses. go for it. Um, okay, we have uh, Matt Dillon says I should have won the Oscar for Crash. Just kidding. Uh, Matt Dillon, GDB Esports Law said because uh, the actor Matt Dillon didn't win the 
Oscar for Crash. Um, says uh, <laughs> <laughs> he says Karn and Bobble with dollar signs. Um, yes, I agree. Karn and Bobble. Karn. So like the cards that were reprinted in Modern Masters two that were on theme with that set that are off theme here don't bug me as much. So like Karn, the Eldrazi, Oog, you know, like this is not a set that was built to have giant seven drops. Right. Um, okay, what else? You have Deputy of Acquittals. That's at uh, EOT underscore Impulse. Says Oracle of Moldiah. That's an interesting one. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That hasn't been reprinted ever. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, Relatable Grandpa at uh, the Jewish something, at the Jewish Hammer. Uh, and his tweet says, uh, Hierarch, it's like 80 bucks, and, and Chalice of the Void is also 70. Yeah, Chalice is a big one. Yeah, Chalice is a big one. It's interesting because I think part of it is that they had those artifact themes so prevalent previously that they were trying to avoid it to a certain extent. If yeah. you look at how many artifacts are in this set, there's only like 12. And I think part of that is also it's hard to have an artifact theme. It's 13. Uh and you're having a gold theme. Gold really competes with artifacts. Right. Uh, so it's hard to kind of have both. Yep. I agree with you there. And by the way, Miss Widow Witch is in this set, and it's sick, and it'll be really fun to draft with that. Miss Widow Witch? Yeah. You didn't play, you didn't play that. Uh, stand, or you didn't play that limited format. No, but I played her in cube a lot. Sweet. Yeah, yeah she's was really re- sweet. Uh, Shadowmoor Eventide uh, Limited was really It's fun. one of the limited formats I wish I played, and I, it's like unplayable now because I d- am so behind, and I don't know what I'm doing in it because I never played it, but it yeah. like... The thought of it sounds really fun. It was really, really fun <laughs> when it was out. Um, just if, I don't know if we even talked about this, but well, there's, we did. there's flying uh, armadillo cloak, gift of war Zova. Yeah, the card's sweet too. Um, well, I was gonna say one one thing that I don't know if we pointed out was that when we did the uh, the bro tour, the weekend thing a few weeks ago, a month ago, or something like that for Highlander Roulette, we did we did a combined Mirrodin draft where we opened we all or uh, sealed we all opened three packs. A fr- one from each set of the two Mirrodin blocks. And so I got to open packs, and I opened a Chalice of the Void in my Mirrodin pack, which now is $70. <laughs> it's 70 bucks. Damn. That pays $55 to do the actual whole great. sealed. And, yeah, I opened a $70 rare, so that nice. was pretty cool. Um, Somebody opened a foil vial during that, too. That was pretty I sick. still have my packs because I didn't draft it. You haven't opened them yet? No. Oh, I'm wow. saving them for a uh, sweet... Chaos draft. KF draft. Awesome. Awesome. Um, anything else? Uh, Any other? We got a ton of answers. I mean, I can read a couple more. A couple, yeah, people, here couple, more? couple people mentioned Lightning Bolt, which is interesting because it's been reprinted a few times, but I get it. It's just such a ubiquitous card. It was in the last set, though. Like, I also am glad Mana Leak wasn't here. I think one of my complaints with Modern Masters 2 was the money cards at Uncommon were Mana Leak and Lightning Bolt that were just standard printed. There are a ton of cards out there, both of those that have been printed over the over the ages. So it's not as exciting as something like Inquisition of Kozilek or uh, Might of Volcroza, which are cards that have never been reprinted. Oh, somebody here says all the missed enchantments will be the expeditions of Amaket. Interesting. The there aren't there aren't a lot of enchantments here, but I, I mean, Blood Moon's here. I don't know what other enchantments. Yeah, what I could see there being another Blood Moon print, though. Actually, a Blood Moon expedition is will look really sick. Sick. So yeah. sick. Yeah, I I'd do new art, but I would love to see like an expedition treatment of the original art. That'd be so cool. Yeah. Um. Somebody also says here. Um, Allegris thirty eight. That's Adam P. Says Wild Nicotle and Kitchen Finks. Nicotle's one. Nicotle's one that's hasn't interesting. Been in a long and this time. it makes sense in this set. This is a red green. That that's a big miss from a just like a, a flavor 
reason. When do they print Nicotyl again? That seems like such a, that seems like such an easy one to print here. I guess it's only two bucks, so it's like not like they needed to. Yeah, bad. yeah. They probably were like uh, it probably was in this set, and then it got cut at one point for something that it needed more, and they're just like, eh, we don't really need this in the set. I would have such a hard time designing the reprints in this set if I worked at Wizards. I would just be like, I want all of my favorite. Have you cards. never have you never built a cube? No, I have. Okay, I have. I, have bo- I built one with Eric. Oh, nice. I didn't really play it very much, but. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, anyway. Cool. So that's that's um, kind of the review of, of the Mar Master set. Uh, I do want to remind everyone that uh, Ben is going to GP San Jose. San Antonio. San Antonio. Sorry, San Antonio, which is the Team Unified Modern GP, and I am unable to go uh, most likely. And so Ben is looking for two teammates to go with him. Uh, and basically, the, the way it works is you have to be going already. Uh, so you have to kind of get yourself there. Or you don't have to be going already, but you have to kind of get yourself there you and pay for entry, and you have to be willing to go. Yeah, so, so, um, so I'll, I'll finish the thought here, because yeah. I am going, and this is how it's going to work. So, um, guys, I'm going to partner with Whoa. two of our listeners. And we're going to be a team, and we're going to compete that weekend. We're going to play, and hopefully we're going to day two, and we're going to do the whole thing together. Um, we, as a podcast, i.e. Kessler, owns all of the cards necessary to build the decks, and uh, I will be bringing all the cards. So you won't have to bring a single modern card unless like we're missing one or something like that. But for the most part, I think we're going to have everything. Um, the deal is we're going to reveal the winners next week on the podcast. So it'll, you'll, you'll still have a week and a half, two weeks to buy a ticket. Um, you're, I'm going to be figuring out my accommodations probably with you know pro friends or whatever. So kind of I would say do the same thing. Figure out your own accommodations. If you want to get in touch with us, maybe there's some way we could figure out a way to split something. But that's the plan is that I'm going to be going and meeting up with you guys. We're going to be competing as a team. So the way to enter your name in this um, – whether you are planning on going now or if you were to be picked, you would be willing to just buy a ticket on the spot and go, uh, is to go leave a rating and review on our on our iTunes page for the podcast. Uh, if you do that, you are automatically entered into the drawing. You have to follow us on Twitter and do that. So at the MMCast, you follow us on Twitter, leave a rating and review on iTunes, and you get entered in. Or if you go donate to the Patreon um, this month, just for the one month, we'll enter you in the drawing as well, and we will be looking through the names that have entered, and we'll be announcing that on the show next week. So that's going to be super, super fun. I cannot wait. I want you guys to know, I do the Walking Dead after show on Sunday nights, um, and it's that Sunday, and I'm going to skip the show. I'm not going to do the... Uh, that's the finale, by the way. I'm skipping the finale to go to this GP and play. So I'm excited about that. I mean, I'm not excited to skip the finale, but that's how much it means to me. Nice. To be your teammate. Nice. We're going to be a team. Nice. Like, remember the Titans. Exactly like that movie. Yeah. Except, not. Yeah. One <laughs> of you guys can be Herman Boone. I'll just okay. be, I'll be uh, whatever the guy. Are you going to get Bert, in a I'll car be, accident I'll and be Bert, then be I'll hospitalized be, during Bert, the GP? I'll be Bert's here. Are we no. going to be all really sad? We shouldn't joke about this. <laughs> no, bad idea. So, yeah, that's the plan, guys. You should enter in if you want to do that. So, uh, follow us each personally at Ben Bateman Media and at Kess Wiley. The podcast is at the MMCast. Find our podcast on Collected.Company, where we also have the other awesome show, The Command Zone. Yeah, they do awesome Commander content. They also are doing a lot of cool new content. So Josh Lee Kwai is doing these cool debate shows with the professor on Tolarian Community College. Col- Tolarian Community College YouTube channel. Uh, Jimmy and Josh do these game night videos on their YouTube channel. It's really cool stuff. You guys should definitely go check them out. Uh, they're at the Command Cast on Twitter, and that's where kind of they share everything from. Uh, and we are all at Collected.Company, the website that is Collected.Company, uh, not like .com or .co, but Collected.Company. Uh, beyond that, make sure to follow us. I am at Kess Wiley on Twitter, and we are at the MMCast on Twitter. You are 
at Ben Baby Media. I just did that while you weren't listening. So oh, cool. The double shout. Yeah, double <laughs> shout out. I'm glad that happened. And, cool. Uh, All right. And then uh, <laughs> check out Anchor, Patreon? guys. Oh, yeah. Check out Anchor. It's the new awesome app. <laughs> I do this magic show. It's just download it. Look it up. You'll find it on the App Store, Anchor. My show is 10 Minutes of Magic. I'm just going to have a beatboxing show on Anchor where I'm just going to beatbox yeah. really badly using straws on Starbucks cups. Okay, sweet. So thanks, guys. Secret we'll, talents. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll see you all next week. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Okay. Cool. Thank you for your attention. See you later, alligator. <laughs>